to a bonus edition of the No Dunks Podcast. Time to pick our 2020 NBA All-Star Game Reserves. Like the coaches, guys, you got a little, uh, you know, flexibility, greater positional flexibility when picking your seven reserves in each conference. Though I have read that the ballot still has to have, like, the two backcourt players and the three frontcourt players, and then you got your two wild cards. So there are rules, but there aren't rules. Mm. It's like a speed limit. Yeah. Um, but I want to make this very clear, too. These are our picks. Okay, this, we're not trying to uh, guess who will be the 14 reserves announced later this week on Thursday night on TNT. These are our picks, which hopefully we disagree on a few of them. And the starters, as we know, locked in. So we're not, like, re-picking the starters. We're fine with what they've decided on, both the fans and the players and the media. Let's start in the Eastern Conference, guys. We know the five starters. Your two guards are Kemba Walker and Trey Young. Your forwards, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam. That's locked in. So let's now pick our reserves. And to make this, uh, well, a little easier to follow along, because we do have four of us here picking each separate teams, in advance, right before jumping on here, we sort of went over who we had in mind, and we were like, okay, oh, we agree on him, we agree on him, we agree on him, we agree on him. That'll make it a little easier to follow, and then we can get into uh, you know our disagreements, who we uh, think are our final couple of picks. So, in the East, we agree on these reserve locks. Congratulations. Yes, in advance. Jimmy Butler, all right, 27, six and a half, obviously playing great for the Miami Heat, probably one of the biggest surprises from the yep. NBA season in terms of their record. He hasn't shot the ball all that well from the floor. You know, 44% from the floor and then really bad from three. He's struggling to hit the three ball. But he gets to the line a ton, and uh, we all had him in here. I think we've even talked about if you, we didn't have that weird thing where you had to vote for him as a forward in the East when it came to the starters, that we would have probably had him as a, a starting guard alongside Kemba Walker. Is that fair? Likely. Yeah. So, so a no-brainer that he'd be one of the, the first reserves we're all agreeing on. Yes, and I didn't think I would have said that coming into the season, for sure. Mm. I think uh, this was a, a sort of crossroad seasons for Jimmy. Coming down there to Miami, he left Philadelphia after a very successful half-year stint there, and I thought uh, he was going to stay in Philadelphia. He chose instead to go to a team which took him further out of uh, championship contention, I thought, in Miami. But instead, he's been the most significant factor on that Miami Heat team to be in the position they're in, I think. Uh, and not just because of the numbers... His leadership, yeah. his role on that team. Being and the alpha dog. Yes, and I think it really suits the uh, Miami Heat. Being the Heat. Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> this is my yard now. He's definitely got Miami Heat DNA in him, I believe. Yeah, you know. seems like the perfect match. It, it does. Right? It absolutely does. I think he does benefit a little bit, though, uh, with their record just being what it is. And people sort of just overlooking his stats not being all that awesome when it comes to the top 24 players in comparison to the... When you're when you were referencing here, the best numbers in the game, below average shooting percentages, as you mentioned, twenty points per game is fine. fine. Yep, it's fine. I, I he's benefiting from an incredible Heat culture that gets things done, and from having the biggest name on that team, and so yep. th- that's why he's become a sort of a no-brainer here. It's because they're the second seed in the Eastern Conference, and somebody has to be rewarded for it. I would say Bam Adebayo is the most important. Miami Heat player in the regular mm. season. He does so much, and we'll get to him in a second. But Finished higher in the player vote, so you're not alone if yeah. you're thinking that. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Jimmy's helped out, too, when it comes to this, that he's a four-time All-Star already. I mean, I, I, yep. I, I always sort of forget that. You know, he's made, obviously, a ton of defensive teams, too. He's a couple All-NBA, even. So he's been, he's been already considered one of the elite players in the league, 
uh, and has proven that he can you know, be included in that bunch over years prior. And then you're right, even though the numbers are dipped, the, the team's success and him being the guy, it's a, it is, it's a no-brainer. That he- I, I will say, though, he is his numbers have dipped, but I think he is in a bit of chill mode until the playoffs. When mm-hmm. I, I say, you know, Bam is the most important regular season player on that team because he does it all defensively and offensively has been great, and we'll get to his numbers. But Jimmy, when it comes down to crunch time, will be shooting a lot more in the postseason and will be taking a lot more on his shoulders rather than what he's doing here at shooting only 13 times a game. Right. We will get to Bam Bam, but uh, he's not a lock for everyone. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go through that a the guys we all agree on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> another forward we all agree on should be an all-star reserve, at least uh, you know according to our ballots, DeMontis Sabonis, the Indiana Pacers, averaging 18.1 points per game, 12.8 boards, Four and a, plus four and a half assists, fifty-four um, percent about from the field, from the floor and and decent at the line. It, you know he's interesting. We all got him in there. Um, you know, spoiler: none of us have Brogdon in there. Uh, so this is the pacer. We ultimately all said, yeah, that's the representative for this season. Yeah, and I think he has distinguished himself from Brogdon just on the account of he's played like six hundred more minutes than Malcolm Brogdon, and that. Is about 20 more games if you break it down to 30 minutes a game. Uh, so that's significant as well. Plus, you know, Sabonis and Brogdon, they really go hand in hand the way they work together. But I feel like Sabonis is really the driving force of the Pacers. When they need a bucket, he gets the ball. And from there, he's making the decision. Am I dumping it to Brogdon? Is, am I kicking it to the corner? Or am I just putting my shoulder down and dunking on somebody left-handed? He has been impressive this year. Not dissimilar uh, game-wise to uh, Bam Adebayo, I think. I think they actually play quite a similar style they're all in that Horford mold where they can uh, facilitate from the top of the key from the elbow that sort of thing Sabonis has been fun to watch made the Pacers fun to watch yeah coming into this season there was a question about whether or not the Pacers might even consider trading him uh, before they signed him to a a four-year extension there and he's absolutely responded he's he's always been a very good player it's just whether or not he and Miles Turner fit and I think we're seeing a fairly uh, you know, unanimous answer right now that Sabonis is definitely the player that they would keep if they choose to move on from from mm. one of those players. But uh, yeah, he's added to his game. He's grown each season in the league. He's such a tough defender too. Like he's not necessarily the great shot blocker, but he's very very tough in a, in a low post that no one just bullies him out the way. Like his dad, he's got that big solid frame <laughs> there. Uh, but uh, you know, offensively very smart. Reminds me a little of uh, Joakim Noah in his MVP season that he's able to facilitate that offense when needed. Also go inside and score when he. Can. A very smart player, does a lot. And and the Pacers, you know, we probably look at them and say, well, that's a surprise. But they kind of are always like this, you know, sort of somewhere in that, you know, not quite the best team in the East, but certainly uh, a playoff team and, and, and one that should be a tough outcome playoff time. Especially oh. when Oladipo comes back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll just add that uh, with Malcolm Brogdon playing, you know, only 33 of 47 games, Trey mentioned the, the minutes discrepancy between the two it gave us i think as a as a guy picking reserves an easy out when looking at those two because because brogdon is big time in, in clutch situations too as is demont sabonis it would be a much harder decision if they had played an equal number of games yep. it, mm-hmm. ju- it just seems like they uh the, the basketball gods are working in, in mysterious ways here when it comes to the reserve picks like they've there's answers there's, there's <laughs> you have a question which pacer there's an answer you know and i uh I don't know. I Brogdon's not making it. 
That's all. I'm, I feel bad for him, but I don't think he's making it. Brogdon has also fallen off a little bit as yeah. the season yeah. went on. He was like about 20 points a game through the first two months and then about 15 points a game through the second two months. Percentages going down as well. Yeah. So I think Sabonis has has distanced himself, but you're right, Tess. Thanks for giving us the little minutes bump there. <laughs> I like uh, you brought up Arvidas. And just quickly, because I was thinking about this with, uh, you know, we have Sabonis making it. I think he is going to make it on Thursday night. He's going to be selected. Um I always thought his dad maybe warranted an all-star spot. In a, in a, I thought it was like the 97-98 season. Um, his Blazers were good at that point. They were 26-20 and 20 at the break. He was averaging, I'm talking about the elder Sabonis, the big, big Sabonis, <laughs> Arvidas. He was averaging 16-10-3 at the all-star break as a 33-year-old. Pretty decent numbers, but I went into it. I was like, man, he didn't make it, eh? Wasn't a lot of Western Conference spots to go around that year. Yeah. You had four Lakers, including a 19-year-old Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And then you had two Sonics, because they were money at the break, 37 and 10. It was GP and Vin Baker. And then you had two Spurs in Duncan and Robinson. They were 34 and four at, at the 34 and 14 at the break, the Spurs were. So it was like right there, I just named eight of the spots yeah. for the Western Conference. So again, it was going to make it tough for a guy, a 16 and 10. Uh, so bonus to make it, even though the Blazers were... For pretty decent at that point. So the young Sabonis is uh, likely going to get that all-star spot. All right, another guy we agree on. I was, I was happy to see this. Chris Middleton, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, numbers, his productivity is through the roof. His efficiency is through the roof. He's flirting with the 50-40-90 shooting splits, uh, those unbelievable uh, shooting splits that everybody tries to uh, you know hit and few have done. He's on the second best guy on a 40-6 and six team right now. They're 40-6. and six. And he's averaging, you know, 20 and 6 and 4 in under 30 minutes per game. Yeah, but, he barely but plays. But I, I was a little thing. shocked everybody had him in. I don't know, because I think some people, when they do this, they're not thinking Chris Middleton screams all-star to them, I guess. And when we talked about it early in the season, he was coming off of an injury, and we're like, yeah, not, he's probably not an all-star right now. But as the season has gone on, as the minutes have piled up, sort of, as the at least number of games have piled up, Middleton is an easy choice. I mean, he's on the second-best team, and he's been not – quite as instrumental as Giannis. He's clearly the number two guy there, but without uh, Middleton, maybe you're seeing a bigger drop-off from the Bucks with losing Malcolm Brogdon, because he has stepped up and he's putting in almost a point a minute as it is now, and that's uh, it's tough to be able to have somebody who can get you a bucket from the outside when you need it, which Middleton is doing, and then Giannis is obviously just dominating. When, when you're filling these out, be honest, do you do the, wow, the Bucks are 40 and 6. Yeah, Giannis is starting. Yeah, he's the captain, but they need another representative. Do you do the need game with teams like they got to have more than one or they got to have two? And I did or, that or until this year. I did it every year until this year. Did you really? This year I said F it. <laughs> I said I'm just taking the 12 best players who I think are the should be the 12 best players on the team. And still Middleton is in that group in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the minutes played comes into it when looking at those numbers like I think that's fair to take into account if he was playing 30 minutes a game even he's playing 28 and a half minutes a game. If he was playing 35 like most all-stars do, his numbers would be awesome and the splits are very very good and the numbers are very good. I shouldn't say would be awesome. They are really good. When you're shooting 50, 40, 90, that's, that's real. I think this just reflects the Milwaukee Bucks having one of the quietest, incredible seasons we've seen in a while. It's yeah. like, hey, the Bucks are 46. Giannis is probably MVP again. And that's it. You sort of don't go too much into depth with the Bucks. Mm -hmm. And Middleton doesn't have a super flashy game. He never really goes out there and gives you sort of forty-five, and he's not talking with the, you know, talking trash or getting into it. He just goes out there, does his job in, in not very many many minutes. And I think that's also reflective of the depth of the Bucks. 
you know, Bud's got a lot of guys there who can play a lot of minutes. When Middleton went down, they didn't really miss him. Other guys sort of step in and take his place. So, uh, but when he is out there, yeah, he's very effective, very efficient, uh, and doesn't sort of make too many errors. And he's, uh, you said he doesn't have a sexy game. It's true. He takes mid-range shots a lot of the time, but he's shooting over 50% on mm-hmm. mid-range shots, which is not easy to do. It just so, doesn't happen very often. Yeah, but he's just a low-key sort of guy as well. Like, he doesn't say a lot. You don't hear a lot yeah, about yeah. Middleton. So, you know, he, he's That's sort of... Oh, yeah, it's definitely why he's overlooked a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, but... Uh, uh, I was happy to see Dan Devine show him some love in, in his, uh, his picks that just went up. He wisely noted, too, because we're talking about him, like, of course he's helped out by playing alongside Giannis. I mean, everybody would be, but... Dan Devine noted that Milwaukee's been plenty effective when Middleton is operating as the top guy out there, the top dog, while Giannis sits, blitzing opponents by 11.5 points per 100. So his usage rate spikes and his productivity still goes up even when Giannis is off the floor. So he's The Bucks are destroying teams. Yeah. You know, Giannis is not playing 48 minutes a night. There's right. got to be somebody else who carries the load, and Middleton is a guy who assumes it. All right. Uh, the fourth guy we agree on as an Eastern Conference reserve pick. It's Kyle Lowry. Oh, oh my goodness. Mer. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I mean, early on in the season, I was like, I don't think Lowry's going to make the All Star game again. But uh, I got him in here, and everybody does. Averaging 20, 7.5 assists, about 4.5 boards. Shooting numbers, a bit of a down year in terms of shooting the ball. He's only shooting 41% from the floor, 34% from three, on, a, on obviously a ton of attempts. Fine at the line. But is this just the classic case of, well, the Raptors are good, and Lowry is, has a huge impact on that, despite, yeah. Despite uh, what I'm calling the mediocre numbers, they're still great numbers. But, uh, you know, they're not, wow, they don't jump off the uh, box score page to you. Rewind the podcast and play back everything that Tass said about Jimmy Butler. And it's the same is true for Kyle Lowry. The numbers aren't crazy. The percentages aren't great. But the team is, and the impact is massive. Everybody knows if you're watching a Raptors game, Kyle Lowry is important. And he's been uh, healthy for a long, a longish time this yeah. season uh, compa- compared to the other Raptors. So uh, I think a lot of the reason that they are afloat is because Lowry has been so good. And I think Zach Lowe, too. You're right. Lowry did miss games. And some people go, whoa, whoa, whoa. He missed too many games. I don't know if he should be in there. But Lowe says he makes up for some of that because he plays a ton of minutes in the games he's played. He averages 37 minutes per game. He's tied for number one in the league with Lillard and Harden, Lowry is. Um, but we all have him in here. Yeah, he does go sort of through ups and downs throughout the season. You know, there are times where he's sort of he's playing sometimes. You think, man, he's taking too many shots. He's not getting into it. But he gives everything every single game. He hits the deck as well. Coach is going to absolutely love that and respect that. And the Raptors, I mean, they've been... 30, they're 32 and 14 as we record this. They're in a very, very good position right now. Uh, one seven in a row, looking great. Siakam is uh, an all-star starter, uh, but Lowry has been just as good for them. And, you know, he's missed time. They've all missed time, and the Raptors are still doing very, very well. And I think when Kyle came back, he struggled in those first few games. They couldn't get a win. But now he's back in his groove, and he's flowing again. And, uh, and you can sort of see it there with the Raptors. He just gives them that confidence, I think, as well. When he's got the ball in his hands there, He's going to pass it. He likes to shoot as well. And sometimes, you know, he takes bad shots, but he's always out there competing. So, you know, I think uh, he's a deserving all-star at this stage of his career, not not just because of what the Raptors did last season, but, you know, the whole body of work that you see from Kyle. Yeah, the raw numbers aren't spectacular, but I, I think he makes it when the coaches make the pick. But he's, he's right on the precipice. I think it helps, yeah. number one, that, you know, Kyrie Irving wasn't voted on, so there's a, another spot. The Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference guards are the wishy-washiest of all four positions when it comes to the all-star game. And he he doesn't scream all-star for fans. I under, I totally get that. And so when fans are making their picks, they'll leave Kyle Lowry off. But Kyle Lowry was 
fourth in the media rank and fifth in the player rank, and that's exactly the sort of the threshold for making it. You kind of have to be the fourth or fifth best guard. That's how many guards will probably be on this team. And the fact that he's made five straight teams with coaches yeah. when they see that ballot, number one, offense has been good. It has been very good. But the defense, too, when it comes to the coaches, they just know that this guy steps in and and dies once a game, as uh, as, as my man Bishaw once said. He, um, he 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 steps in front of it and se- and plays hard like that every single night. So he's a special guy. Yeah, Lowry is very likely on Thursday going to be going to his sixth All-Star mm-hmm. game trying to help that Hall of Fame case that we have, have debated before and uh, continue it's to try and rack them up. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, not a lot of all NBA selections, but a lot of all-star selections. All right, final one we agree on. Fifth guy here in the Eastern Conference Reserves, Ben Simmons. Agnesimo. Everybody has him in. Um, with, with with these numbers, you know, fl- you know, flirting with the triple-double, but averaging 16.3 points per game, 8.4 assists, and 7.9 boards, shooting 58.5% from the floor, and only 59.4% from the free throw line uh, on not a ton of attempts for a guy as athletic as him. That's obviously what you would like to see tick up, both the percentage and getting there. But what what is the reasoning then? Obviously, Sixers doing well, even despite Joel Embiid being out, and just his impact on, on both ends of the floor being a playmaker and then maybe one of the best defenders in the league? Yeah, that's the case. And it has definitely been helped out by Embiid's injury. The timing of it has been perfect for Ben Simmons. He's averaging 21 10 and eight assists in the month of January while shooting 64% from the field and making numerous defensive plays in clutch situations. I think he should have been in the conversation as a starter. Um, He doesn't uh, engender passion amongst the fans for the fan vote. They want to see somebody that will actually take a three, but he doesn't need to shoot threes. He's been dominating for a month, and he's clearly an Mm, all-star. The the big flaw in his game is obviously the shot, but everything else he does is so impactful. On that team, and talk about his defense. I think he's a lock for all first team defense yeah. this season. Yeah. He's just so he could be in the run for a defensive player of the year. Possibly for yeah. a defensive player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's going to be a tight battle. But I mean, the, the question with Simmons, of course, is is when are we going to see that improvement? Um, he's been basically the same sort of player statistically since he started playing. You know, this is his third season now. So will he ever take that big step up? But I just think you're seeing a greater impact. On the game, again, the game on Saturday night against the Lakers, he was fantastic uh, at both ends of the floor doing everything and he just had the ball in his hands and he could run in transition and, and create opportunities for his team. And he does get, you know, it's so funny that he shoots such a high percentage because we know the shooting is his floor, but he gets to spots where he knows he can make those tough shots, those little lefty and righty sort of dinkers and dumpers in there. So it's effective and uh, yeah, I think I think there's no question he's a deserving all-star. He really cemented his case the last few weeks with Joel Embiid out. That's, I find that, you know, so fascinating because their best play, quote unquote, their best player goes off. And then all of a sudden this guy comes to shine. If Joel Embiid is there the entire season, I wonder what the situation is. I think he's a board, more of a borderline guy, but he's been mm-hmm. able to show it on national TV over and over and over and over again these last few weeks. And he is one of the best defenders in the game. So I think that influenced all the media members out there big time. Uh, and uh, he is definitely one of the better guards in the game. But Joel Embiid kind of limits him a little bit. And Simmons limits Embiid. It's an interesting bet. But the, um, the situation with Joel Embiid making the starting lineup as well, uh, it makes things it makes things easier for the guards. That's why the, the basketball guards are, are are talking to us. It makes it easier for all the reserves to be picked. I think. So that's where at least some of us 
stop agreeing on our all-star reserve picks when it comes to the Eastern Conference at least. Because these final two spots, um, it gets a little more confusing here because we sometimes agree on one guy and then we sometimes agree on the second guy, but maybe not all together. Tass and I agree on the final two. So I'm going to go like this. I'll get them all out there and we can talk them out. Tass and I agree that the final two spots in the East go to Bam Adebayo of the Heat and Bradley Beal. Uh, I mean, call them wild cards if you want. Trey agrees with Bam. He's in the mix for you, but your other guard is Zach Levine, obviously Beal-like. And then Lily gets real crazy because he's got no Bam. You've got Jalen Brown. And he's a little guard heavy here, goes Jalen Brown. And then you've got Beal. Homer <laughs> taking Bradley Beal. That's your boy. Um, so, yeah, we have those names in the mix. Some of us Bam, some of us Beal, and then Lee with... Jalen Brown and Trey with Zach Levine. So let, let, let's let's start with making the case for Bam Adebayo. I, I mean, I guess you made it really well there, Tass, earlier. You said, we're talking about Jimmy Butler. You think he might be the most important, like Lee said, but you're like, it actually might be Bam. I think so on this team uh, because the offense does run through him like uh, Sabonis in, in Indiana, like Trey mentioned, and nearly five assists a game for a, for a center. Only Jokic tops that. I don't know what a center is anymore, but uh, <laughs> does it really matter? Like he is, I think he's their best defender, and he is very important offensively. When it comes to the playoffs, he'll probably decrease his importance on the offensive end. But um, I don't know. Watching him, watching their games, he is the most important guy to me. Yeah, the Heat knew what they had on their hands, so they traded Hassan Whiteside to clear away for Bam, and you know it has completely paid off. He's yeah. averaging eleven more minutes a game. The percentages are, are, are about the same. He's scoring a little bit more, but you can see that he just knows how to distribute the ball. And being in his third year in the league, I guess he has enough experience now that Eric Sprolstra touches him, uh, trusts him to be a focal point of their offense and a focal point of their defense. He's been able to do it all. And, you know, Greg Popovich has already said that he regrets not having Bam on the FIBA team. That's crazy to think that that didn't happen. Um, he has Jimmy and Bam kind of coming to the heat and being huge players for them this season. They really go hand in hand because they both just seem like guys who are right now happy to pass the ball to their teammates and get everybody else involved and then go and play defense on the other end. You don't get that from your superstars all the time, and the Heat have it, which is why they've been great this season. Yeah, the numbers are so for Bam. He's averaging 16 points per game, You know, basically 10.5 boards. You said it, flirting with about 5 assists per game. The stocks are there too, the steals and the blocks. Uh, 2.3, shoots well from the floor, about 59%. Uh, a very nice 69% from the line. Um, so yeah, I've got Bam in there. I do wonder, with a guy like this, because we've seen it a million times before when it comes to coaches making their picks, are they going to be a year behind in recognizing him? We see it all the time. Yeah. They're sometimes just a year slow uh, you know, on their selections with some of these guys that we think might be deserving. But maybe not. I know Spolster's out there and Jimmy Butler's out there saying, he's an all-star this year. Make sure he's on this team. But Lee says no. I guess the good thing going for him in that regard, though, as far as being a year behind, all the guys he's going up against, like the guy Lee picked and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, haven't made it there before, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I, that seems like what it's going to come down to. Yeah, that's right. And I think we've uh, – well, it's interesting because I guess Jimmy is a forward, a technically a forward, but he sure feels like the guard. So then it's like, well, even, even Chris Middleton is a funny forward type of guy. Mm -hmm. I, in my brain, think of him just as much as a shooting guard, right? Shooting guard, small forward, whatever, slash, because it's sort of pointless. So there's not many – I guess my point to all that is, like, there's not a ton of, like, big guys uh, in the reserves picks. It's really 
I mean, truly big, big guys. It's like Sabonis and Bam. And yeah, they've got to play along with these sort of rules with filling out their ballot two and three and then the wild cards. But uh, I just also think as coaches, they're like, well, I want some guards and I want some bigs. I mean, that's just sort of the way it is. Tallies and smallies. That's right. So maybe that, again, that might help Bam's case, but maybe he will be a year behind. But why, why do you leave him off, or why do you think other guys are more deservingly? Well, I've been uh, following Jalen Brown pretty closely this season. He's had a fantastic start. Been traveling around with yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, watching. Because he came into the... He, he, well, I saw him in Australia, in Melbourne, of course. We, we were hanging out. We were chatting out there. Um, and he signed the huge extension as well coming into this season. And some people question whether or not he was worth it. And if you look at October, November, December, he really improved each month to the point where he was 23 points on 56% in December shooting. I mean, he was just taking off. He's certainly come back to worth a little bit in January, but I just think for the Celtics, he is so important to that team. Him and Jason Taylor, I mean, you I can... Know, that's where like, I know, that's where I actually struggled and, and, and ended up keeping both of them off. Because yeah. in a weird way, I couldn't decide between the two of them. But yeah, you you went with Brown. So over yeah, I, I just think he has had a, a very very good season overall. I think uh, the Celtics have been better as well than uh, than we thought, and um, he is another guy that doesn't get a whole lot of recognition. Uh, but I think he's just a very solid player, and I think he's uh, he's uh, he's deserving. I mean, if you're looking at stats, of course, he and Bam play different roles, so yeah. they're, they're going to have different uh, statistical numbers there. But he's putting up you know good numbers on the season, shooting the ball well. Celtics are doing very well. I could have easily had Bam in there. I've, I wanted Bam in there, but I just, you know, you, you sort of have to pick one of the guys. I just went with Jalen Brown. I think uh, it gives the Celtics two. It means the Heat miss out on two, but and the Heat have the slightly better record, of course. But, yeah. you know, when, it, when it's a game, it doesn't really make much of a difference there. So I just think, uh, I think Brown's been very, very good this season. Okay, then let me ask you other guys, why no Celtics? as your reserve picks because you're going Zach Levine Trey and then and then Tass and I are going Bradley Beal and we can get into that whole thing about him being on, obviously on a bad team with, it's a long story okay. because <laughs> I had Jason Tatum in there <clears throat> I think he's actually clearly the all-star over Jalen Brown he scores more rebounds more assists more blocks more steals more plays more and he's a, arguably a better defender his uh, defensive like Ooh. advanced metrics Ooh. are oh. also higher okay. than Jalen Brown's um I also think he's the number two on the Celtics, whereas Jalen Brown is probably a number three. He's kind of feasting on the scraps. He's getting the open shots. He's letting guys create for him, whereas Tatum is creating a lot of his own shots. Sometimes they are ill-advised shots and, you know, definitely some Kobe Mamba mentality shots. But I just think Tatum is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more in the forefront for the Celtics. Yeah, no doubt. I think Tatum gets there before Jalen Brown, whenever that is. Uh, Jalen Brown is not the guy you game plan for as the opposing coach, and I think that's why he was ranked down so low in terms of player rank and media rank. He was ranked 13th among uh, backcourt in the Eastern Conference and 11th in the media. But, you know, as a coach, as Brad Stevens, you obviously love him on your team because he is that guy who can feed off other guys um, when they don't have it or, or pass to him. He can create a little bit on his own. So... Yeah, I, I think that's the scenario with Boston. He's the perfect third guy, though, as things are working pretty well there. Um, but, you know, I'm sort of like in the player mentality, actually, for picking Bradley Beal over those dudes. I'm going with players who are going to get a bucket. And uh, I think if I'm going to bank on Beal or Tatum, I'm banking on Beal. And uh, I'm, it's the year of being okay, I think, with uh, picking a guy on a losing team. And I'm not. Why, why is that? Well, uh, because Trey Young's there. And that's, I think that's just the sort of the, the MO of the league right now. If you're picking the guy with the worst record in the Eastern Conference, 
then you're okay with picking a guy on the Washington Wizards that are 11th, or you're okay right. with Zach Levine. Um, so I think it's we're all just understanding that good players don't necessarily have to be uh, punished because their team is bad. Right. And, 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 and Beal is that yeah. guy. And Beal and Beal is been there twice as well. So he's 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 gonna I think get it from the from the coaches as well. Yeah. And again, this is not groundbreaking. Uh, great talented guys on bad teams making the all-star game right. I, I said you know I, I gave this a couple weeks ago or whenever it was Howard Beck did all the research but like on average it's like there's like four or five guys almost a year over the last decade or so that are on losing teams now I know there's a difference between being a two games under 500 and being bottom of the barrel in your conference I get that but still it's a, it's a losing team so yeah I went Beal simply for this it was so close and in the end I just said I I don't really care about the record because I do feel it's all so close and it's not like uh, I don't, didn't feel by any means like, like gotta have a second Celtic there or anything like that I was just like Bradley Beal out of these guys these four guys to me the Beal Levine Brown and Tatum I think he's right now the best player of the bunch pretty handily so if I was building a team at the playground I'm gonna pick him over these other three guys <laughs> and that's where I ultimately landed with it but uh, I mean everybody's making a fair case for all their guys why Zach? Just because you're from Chicago? No. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to make a case for Zach Levine at all. Um, I, my hottest take for the All-Star Reserves this year is that there should only be six reserves in both conferences. Because the seventh pick, it's not an All-Star player. Like, I mean, I had Jason Tatum in originally because I was like, Zach Levine is not an All-Star to me. But then I saw that you guys all had Beal in, and Beal is not an All-Star to me either. All right. I have Levine ahead of Beal. He's played 10 more games. That's 300 more minutes. I bet you if Bradley Beal played 300 more minutes, the Wizards would have a better record than the Bulls. So I think that actually does matter. I think Levine has been right there with Beal offensively, and Beal has been worse defensively. He's just 100% in chill mode. He's been one of the worst defenders in the league. It's not like Zach Levine is a lockdown guy, but at least he's no, doing some no. things. And the last two things that factor in it, number one, if we put Zach Levine in the All-Star game, maybe he'll go in the dunk contest. Right. Huge. Number two, Two clutch free throws last night, and I tweeted out, if Zach Levine wins this game for the Bulls, I'm picking him as an all-star reserve. <laughs> it came true. You're a man of your Levine words. is dragging the Bulls to the playoffs. Marking <laughs> it is out. You'll look back at the end of the season and be like, how was Zach Levine, a guy who got up to the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, how is he not an all-star in Chicago? This is, this honestly, if, if we, let's say, uh, you know, hypothetically have the first five right or six right even when the coaches make their selections, this is fascinating to me, who they go with. Because of you've got Beal, who's been there. They like to just sit, put the guys back into the game, but he is on a bad team. you got Zach Levine, who I think in, sometimes in the back of their heads go, well, it is in Chicago, and maybe even the, well, he said he would dunk. It's like, so then who cares? Let's put him in there. But then you got the young guys on the better team, much better team in the Celtics. So it's like I'm, I'm ultimately excited to see what happens on mm. Thursday night, like where they end up going and how close the vote is. Yeah, I mean, Beal is, has been there, but he's only been there twice. It's not like he's the, the Joe Johnson. He's like 34 and teams that... That's uh, how you get up to number seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. He's, he's also... Hold, like on, this. hold on, Bradley Beal is also averaging nearly... You know, he's averaging over 28 points per game, yeah. which is no joke. And he's I mean, only sixth in scoring. Like, just shows that yeah, like, there's yeah. so much, uh, so many guys you know, scoring a ton this year. But the Wizards... And, and, and his team is so garbage that, you know, they are throwing doubles at him and he's asked yeah. to do more and all that. I mean... And he's still shooting 45% on twos. He's only 31% from threes. You'd like to yeah. see that increase. But obviously, he's getting so much more pressure from those other teams' defenses. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely a tough one. I, I agree with what Trey's saying. You sort of get down to this sixth or seventh pick, and you're like, well, I'm not thrilled with any of these picks, to be honest. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> they, there's, there's a sort of the same case is being made for each guy. So you're basically just picking your favorite out of that group. Right. 
Not true, Lee. I picked my least favorite out of this group. <laughs> I would have I well, rarely picked Bradley Beal. Somebody had to, though. You had to. You, you're just doing it because you tweeted about it. That's it, really. Uh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Follow through. That's that's actually not a bad idea. Maybe we should put like a tweet take out there. And then we have to, you know, back it up. Follow through. Yeah. Mm, mm. Well, you're a man of your tweet. I got to respect that. Uh, I, I'm going to watch. I want to watch uh, Bradley Beal and Zach Levine split screen, just defense. Just see how bad. Because Zach Levine just doesn't. He just doesn't. He just <laughs> watches. He watches stuff true. happen. He, he tries hard, and he's in the wrong place almost all the time. But at least he's running out there. <laughs> He's running, but is it fake? Is it fake running or is it real uh, running? The, the, like, is it? The, the, he's, try, he's trying harder than Beal is on defense. Beal's the defense, of, the defense of Beal is that no one on Washington is playing defense. No one. Is that a case I mean, for him or I'm against just, him? I'm just saying, like, yeah, he, that's We're just like, like the Wizards are so much worse than the Bulls. <laughs> They've got four fewer wins because they played four fewer games. Mm. It's uh, <laughs> like, come on. These, none of these guys are all-stars. That's why at first I was like, I can't make a case for Levine, which means I can't make a case for Beal, which means we got to put Tatum in. But then I was like, we need a little bit more variety here. We're going to get all of our all-stars from seven teams? That doesn't make sense either. Mm, yeah, okay. Well, so, yeah, just to go over this quickly here in the East, we agreed on five. Ben Simmons, Sabonis, Middleton, Lowry, and Butler. And then three of us, uh, not Lee, but the other three of us had Bam Adebayo. And then Tass and I had Beal. Lee had Beal, but he had Jalen Brown, and you went with Zach Levine as your seventh, even though you don't even want a seventh guy in there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you just Honestly, just dunks. let Mello and Vince be the seventh guys oh. on each side. Hmm. I mean, a big factor in my, my picking Bradley Beal is because we had Fred Katz on the show on, uh, on Monday, and he writes for the Wizards. And I liked his take. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, he likes memes. Bradley Beal likes memes. That is More good. likely to get a good all-star meme from Bradley Beal than he'd be happy. Well, there's, think, there's our reasoning. I think that Bradley Beal, one one thing going forward is he's going to get an even better shape this offseason. Not to say he's in bad shape, but the Big Panda has had to do a ton being doubled all the time. And he hasn't he hasn't known how that he's had. He's never had to carry an offense like this before. And I think his defense shows that. It's a lot of work to carry an offense and to be a good defender, so uh, it's time to get to become uh, ripped panda, I think, this offseason. And can I ask, are we going to do the, uh, hey, what about this guy? Or no, no. <laughs> no. We're definitely not? Okay, we've, we've gone over some of our toughest omissions because we've been deciding beca- be- between these last couple of guys, but we're not doing the, hey, what about this guy? Okay, good. I just no, want to, I just want to make no. sure. All right. All right. Well, so yeah. you can get, hey, look, start tweeting in, start emailing it. Hey, what about this guy? Why didn't you name this okay, guy? Fine. Okay, fine. Nope. Nope. No, all I want to know is who it. is the worst player you even considered for the last all-star spot in the Eastern Conference? Mm. Hmm. Well, no, I, it was all these guys we've just mentioned that are debating, the two Celtics and then Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. That's all it came down to me. I had no problems with the six before that. They were no-brainers. Brogdon, I think, has dropped off you know, enough that I, I, I was fine with definitely leaning towards Sabonis and not really even having him in the mix. Um, and that was it. I can't, I'm not even I throwing know. another name out. Dinwiddie was, feeling, Dinwiddie was uh, you know, I looked into him. But, there we go. You know, <laughs> here we go. That, that, we you always know. get to, hey, what about this yeah. guy? <laughs> I, because, hey, listen, a couple of weeks ago, even a month ago, I think he was, he was in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was. He, he was just, in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he, got up, he got, got up and went to the toilet and he never came back. I love this. What about Devontae Graham? Oh, he was really oh. he was in the conversation. Early, early. He showed yeah. up way too early yeah. to the dinner party. He got drunk. And then and he, yeah, he got a little tipsy <laughs> and then he was like, I'm not feeling well, I'm gonna go home and then people started showing up. That, yeah. That's just the truth. The illustrious John Hollinger picked Eric Bledsoe on his Yeah, team. yeah. I saw a few people 
throwing his name out there. Same as last season as yep, well. Yeah, that's People. right. I was going to bat for him last season yeah. when it was between him and Middleton, for sure. I mean, there was a case to be made for both guys. Uh, Middleton ultimately made it, no blood so. But yeah, okay. Great okay. great uh, accidental round of, hey, what yep, about this yep, guy? Yep. I like how we did it there. Okay, to the Western Conference. Let's get there, guys. Um, just to go over the starters very quickly, your guards are Luka Doncic, James Harden, your forwards, LeBron James. He's your captain, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard. Got voted as a starter. Um, Western Conference locks. We agree on a lot of them. We agree on six of the seven Western Conference reserves. I was a little little surprised maybe by that. Um, so here's what we agree on. Let's go through them. Start with the bigs. Why not? The Joker, Nikola Jokic. No-brainer. He's in there. Basically 20, 10, and 6.5, and um, you know, over 50% from the floor. Not great from deep. When he hits those moon balls, he yeah. shoots them about 32%, but he's hit some, you know, obviously some big ones, and he's been clutch uh, this year for sure. But everybody's got him in there. He's a big part of it. He turned it on in 2020. I mean, he's 24 and 11 since 2020. Mm. For whatever reason, the guy just hates November. Yeah, you got to wait for him. He just yeah. turns up when he's ready. Um, so he's he's gotten it going, and Zach Lowe pointing out just how clutch he's been in the final you know five minutes of a, of a close game when the score is within five. He's shooting 28 of 51. And he, so he's hit all these like game-tying and go-ahead shots. He's been the best player on a, on a still good Nuggets team, and he's in there once again. How many would that be for him? Is that Two. just going to be a second? Rudy Gobert. Well, he got him in. Uh, well, we've had him in before, I'd like to point out, when we've made our picks, but the coaches haven't. But uh, we all think he should be there uh, and is deserving once again, averaging 16 points per game, about 14.5 boards, two blocks. He led the league last year in uh, field goal percentage. Well, he's shooting even better this year. He doesn't lead the league, but he's shooting nearly 69%. Um, and he's the league's probably best rim protector. I don't think I'm, that's far-fetched to say. He's definitely one of the best defenders in the league. And the Jazz have caught fire here, too, uh, somewhat recently. Anything to add about those? Joker, Gobert? That was like, you put it in pen, you put it in Sharpie. A couple of nice tallies right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see... Uh, well, Glad to see? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad to see on my own ballot. Uh, <laughs> <Rudy Gobert. laughs> Me no, too, man. <laughs> honestly, uh, Rudy, if he doesn't make it this year, it's uh, it's going to be devastating to him. I mean, and, and he's deserving because the Jazz started off slow. But in the last uh, month, they've been absolutely rolling. And so much of it, of course, is what he does on the defensive yeah. end. Yeah. Um, you know, offensively, he's, he's important too. But defensively, he's just uh, a menace and, and such a deterrent. Right. But his chances helped. And I know we'll get to Mitchell, who we all have in. But if the Jazz, you know, suddenly weren't, you know, over 30 wins at this point and we're a little closer to 500 or something like that, then maybe it's more difficult to make the case for both of them to be in there. But we're ultimately... Gonna yeah. do that, yeah. Yeah, you can. I had trouble putting Donovan Mitchell. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we'll hold on. Oh yeah. One more you forward. One yeah. more forward. Yeah, you're right. Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Everybody had as an All Star pick. Uh, that shocked me a little bit. Now he's running away with Most Improved. I, I think we can basically give it to him now. Um, but he's averaging 25 points per game, six and a half boards, four and three, four and a half assists. Some people, I think Howard Beck was one of them, making the case for him to start the game when they were doing prior to uh, the, the starters being announced. Mm. But, uh, I mean, that's a hell of a case to make. But you got him in there. Did anybody uh, struggle with that one? You know, he's on a, on a fine Pelicans team. Now is Zion back? Yeah, more than just up. the numbers. Uh, he, he's clearly grown as a player. And taking shots with confidence, I think being away from the L.A. spotlight has really helped him. And, you know, he's come in, he started off well, and he's maintained it. And that little mid-range game he's got is pretty effective. He's also hitting that three very well. Um, 
So he's still got plenty of room to improve because he's such a thin guy. He reminds me of Chris Bosch in his early days where he just couldn't put weight on. And he probably never will be a huge guy, but as his body grows and matures, he'll get a little bit bigger. But right now, he's just getting to his spots where he can get up, elevate, and hit that shot that's uh, you know tough to contest. And I, I just think he's been... you know The numbers back up what the eye test is seeing. And as the season has gone on, he's really increased his playmaking a lot. I just think... Uh, when you look at the percentages and what he's been able to accomplish this season, he's playing his game. He seems very comfortable attacking in his spots, shooting mid-rangers. He's not just having to focus on being a perimeter player. He's mixing it up, come through in the clutch a few times. He wasn't a Sharpie for me, but he was a, a strong number two pencil, a strong. Ticonderoga. Oh, nice. I mean, look, he's been fine from the perimeter, too. That's the other part. I mean, in his first three seasons... He shot 33% from three, um, and not a ton, ton of attempts either over those three years, like less than 400. This year he's on pace to shoot 500 plus three-pointers, and he's knocking them down at like 39.5% right now, nearly 40% from three. Um, Those are just unbelievable numbers, like some of the elite guys from distance when you put up that volume and that percentage. So we got him in there. Yeah, I think Paul George opens the door for Brandon Mm, Ingram to get in. I I think this is – a case of a guy not playing a lot, 26 games um, in Paul George. When you look at the Clippers' record, like the coaches do, I think, or it's the assistant coaches, whoever does the ballot for them, they look at the standings and they say, Clip, two seed, got to have two, especially because it's Paul George. Right, because he's an incredible player. Top three player. MVP finisher last year. Yeah, you're right. And his numbers he are might. good, but they're actually not as good as uh, as Brandon Ingram in some cases. And, yeah, I think I think Ingram gets in over him, but... You never know. You, you never, never know. know. Um, okay, the three guards then we all agree on. Let's just jump to Donovan Mitchell. I set him there. Um, so we got two Jazz guys in this game. He's averaging 25 points per game, about four and a half boards. Similar uh, assists right there. Shooting 46% from the floor. Great from three, 36.6%. Gets to the line. And, uh, you know, they again, the Jazz were like, they were a 500 team. Uh Early December. They're a little bit above. They were 12 and 10, I think, at one point. Sixth in the West, and now they've ripped off this crazy run. And he got some love. He finished sixth in the player voting, seventh in the fan voting, and then he was, well, he's tied for fourth in the media voting, but everybody was tied for fourth because they only voted <laughs> for three guys. But uh, we like his chances. I keep always thinking that he made it last year to mm-hmm. the real game, and I always have to catch myself. I like, oh, no, he didn't as well. So might have that uh, problem. Must be pretty rare to have uh, two first-time All-Stars from the same team. I mean, I'd have to go do the research on that. I can't happen hmm. all. It can't happen all the time. No. I mean. yeah. Especially as reserves. Uh, that's yeah. it's going to be tough for both them, uh, him and Rudy Gobert to get in. And he wasn't a lock for me because the guy making the plays happen a lot of the time in their pick and roll situations as their point guard is Joe Ingles, and he deserves a ton of credit for them getting up to the two seed. And I had a tough time with Mitchell versus Russell Westbrook. <sighs> it's mm. tough. It's mm. tough. I was going to jump with you if you go with Ingles. I'll say, yeah, let's get Joey <laughs> <in there."> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey and Simo. Wow. That would be huge. <laughs> that would be wild. Also, uh, congratulations I mean, to Joe Ingles for making the team. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't have him in there. <laughs> nor I can't do we, believe it. Love to see it. Nor do we have, uh, hey, what about this guy? Also on the Jets, Bogdanovich has been amazing for them this season. He's yeah. averaging 21.3 points per game. He's He's been lights out when shooting the ball. He's like 42 from distance. They're um, both. Thir- I, don't, I don't think both Mitchell and Gobert are getting You there. don't think so on Thursday? I doubt no? it. I doubt it. Uh, yeah, well, like you you're said. right. You're right. Like with the whole uh, 
the Westbrook is the fascinating one. Um, I mean, Paul George and Westbrook are both interesting cases. You know, they're not the number one guy on their team anymore. Paul George has obviously been hurt. Westbrook has been up and down. He's been playing a little bit better lately. He's taking on more responsibility. But those are both guys who have massive reps who yeah. could easily get in on a, hey, remember this guy was here last year. Yeah. Let's get him back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and listen, uh, Mitchell is good for deferring to Joe Ingles. That helps their team. I think that helps them win. And I think Russell Westbrook should be doing more of that, and that would help his team and maybe his percentages and not so much his counting stats, which are awesome, but it would probably help his, his team overall. His team, I mean, the, the defenders just leave him open at the three-point line now, which is bonkers. Well, the fifth and sixth guys in the Western Conference that we agree on, um, the other are both two guards. Damian Lillard, he's the lockiest of locks, right? Yep. I mean, that's uh, the guy's he's 29 points per game, 7.7 assists, 4.2 boards. He's he, Over the past two weeks, he, I don't know, he was like turned into MJ. He turned into 07 <laughs> Kobe with the numbers that he is just straight up putting up. They're like mind boggling. Looked ridiculous when they tweeted out his stats for winning player of the week and it was 52.7 points per game. You're like, huh, I, I can see how he took home player of the week that yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he's shooting 45 from the floor, 38 from three on nearly 10 three-point attempts per game and then he's money when he gets to the line 89 percent so Damian Lillard again that's a that's a strong lock um I actually chiseled that one in oh nice yeah 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 well <laughs> not done. even not even a pen uh and the final one this one's interesting that we all agree on Chris Paul Chris Paul um with the uh I you know what do you want to call him basically the Lowry like numbers yeah uh from from the point guard position but the impact we know that he has on the game 17 six and a half five boards uh, good percentages overall, but we all think what his impact on OKC and the surprise season maybe they've had to some that he that you got to have him in there. That's why I chose him. He's been awesome for the Thunder, and they've been awesome. Really, they have. They've they've exceeded expectations, and so much of it has been Chris Paul in those clutch moments, winning them games. They're, they've got a great record in tight games with under five points, uh, with under five minutes to go, and so much of it is Chris Paul either taking the shot or setting up someone else for the shot. It's been a throwback year for him, for sure, even yeah. though when 3D asked him about it, he didn't know, uh, he didn't quite understand that, or he didn't <laughs> like that sort of reference, but uh, he's been great. He's been also fun to watch, and I mean, Trey loves him now, so that yeah, just well, shows turn how... Trey Kirby. <laughs> that just shows how impactful he really has been. <laughs> I feel like I'm growing, man. Putting two jazz into the the east, uh, the West Reserves, putting Chris Paul in here, liking Chris Paul. But it feels good. The guy has been great so far this year. and he, I love seeing him as a tutor. Like I, I wish that this attitude of Chris Paul would have existed when Blake Griffin was with the Clippers. I feel like that probably would have been better than just screaming at everybody all the time. It's odd that uh, it, this may come down to the last Western Conference spot may come down to the guys who were traded for each other, Russell Westbrook yeah, and Chris yeah. Paul, and how different a season they're having, strictly from narrative. Like I think pa- part of why Chris Paul is making it in for us is he's a great story. <laughs> he's just he's he's definitely exceeded expectations, even though his numbers are like he scores nine points per game less than Russell Westbrook shoots nine times less yeah. a game than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Just not as sexy. I, the numbers aren't even really Kyle Lowry-like. I mean, they're even lower than that. Uh, right. This, but he's just been so clutch. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's been he's, so many games where he's just like, all right, I'll get to that spot. I'll yeah. take that little jumper, and we'll just win the game. He's taken over on. He's taken over the some the media, the narrative. Like he, he gets lots of highlights and lots of stories because fourth quarter, oh, that guy. Yep. I got a little trivia for you. If Chris Paul does make it, okay, 
This would be his 10th All-Star game. Um, and it would be his third team, which I think is pretty cool. He made it with the Hornets and, of course, the Clippers, and then he would. this would be the Thunder. He didn't make it with the Rockets. How many point guards, though, point guards, that's the important part here, have more selections or equal to 10 All-Star selections? John as Chris Stockton. Would be yes, uh, John Stockton Isaiah is correct. Thomas. That's correct. Magic. That's correct. Uh, not many more. Who else you got? There's like four more you haven't named. Gary Payton make it? No. No, I think he made it nine. Let's look here. Steven Nash didn't do it? Nope. 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 I'll give you a hint. Um, You know, he's a... Somebody say Jason Kidd? Nobody did, but that's a good good one. one. You got three left. One's a super oldie. Bob Cousy. That's correct. (laughs) Nice. And then you've got one I'm surprised you didn't say... uh, I nearly said his name. He's a bigger point guard, like Magic. A bigger point guard? I mean, he's, yeah, he's a point guard. He's Mr. Triple Double. I'm going to just give you that. Oh, Russell Westbrook. No, Oscar Roberts. Thank you, Tass. And uh, final one, you don't really consider him a point guard. But he was a point guard. I mean, he's the smallest guy on the floor. But you don't consider him a point guard. Well, I mean, it, 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 well, I'm just, yeah, whatever. Oh, I'm, I'm just, exactly, uh, Alan Iverson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's it. That's it. Uh, so not a ton if, if Chris Paul makes his 10th All-Star game when it comes to just, like, being uh, just a point guard position to make it. That's uh, very, very difficult. All right, so, yeah, let's just quickly go over those again because uh, we, we were throwing out a lot of names. But we agree on six guys in the West. Lillard, CP3, Donovan Mitchell as, as the guards, and then Jokic, Gobert, and Brandon Ingram as the forwards, uh, whatever. So three and three there split right now. And then... Three of us agree on one guy, and one swerves on us. <laughs> Tass, Trey, and myself say the seventh pick should be Devin Booker, while Lee says, no, 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 DeMar DeRozan. Why don't we go with you first, Lee? Why DeRozan <laughs> over Devin Booker or any other guys in the mix? Homer! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this one was a, was a tougher choice because there was a couple of guys in the mix there for that spot. I ultimately went with DeRozan. In, in part for a legacy vote, I think he's been a consistent player for so long. He's been good. He's actually shooting the ball really well. He started off slowly. Yeah. The Spurs are frustrating me because they lost to the Bulls last night and DeRozan had a free throw to could have tied it up and sent it to overtime and he missed it. Ooh. Did you tweet about it? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to follow through, man. Um, but, uh, the, you know, then there's the eye test uh, and there's the stats that come into it. And, and I look at Booker and I look at the Suns and I know Booker's having the usual sort of season where he puts up big numbers, he shoots, but... The Suns still aren't any better. And Come on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's a, just incorrect. They're a game behind the Spurs. Yeah, I'm not saying – no, but I'm saying overall they're not any better. They're not going to make the playoffs They won again. 19 games last year. I know, they've they won. have 19 wins I know. this year. They, are they going to win 35, though, this year? At least they have a chance. <laughs> they have a chance. But, I look, I just, I'm frustrated with, with Booker and the Suns because I just don't really see – I just don't really see it translating all that much. I see Booker as the sort of guy he keeps on putting up numbers, but are the wins really going to come? But then, how then? did you how did you decide on a guy like Bradley Beal then in the, in the what in the East? Because I, I mean, it's I, very I've got a bias towards Bradley Beal. That's why <laughs> all right, these aren't real picks, man. You, you, you keep saying, "Don't worry about it. these aren't real picks. Make your picks for whatever reason." <laughs> That's my reason. Okay, okay, but th- like this is why <laughs> I went I went Booker. I mean, it's a it's a similar case to me as it is to Beal. It's like. I think these guys are awesome players. Yeah, they're on teams that are maybe, you know, not all that amazing, especially the Wizards, disappointing. But the Suns, better than they... I know the bar is super low. Yeah, better than what? Bar is super low. 
better than they have been. <laughs> again, because <that's>... you <laughs> sat here, you know, not maybe in this office, but obviously with the starters time and time again saying, no, nah, Booker's not in the mix. His team's garbage. It's all empty stats like you do with Vucevic and all that. But it's not the case. It's right. just not the case But with Vucevic, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, he's, he's been awesome. He's averaging 27 points per game, basically six and a half assists, four boards. And what are, the average, what are the average last season? Good percent. Well, not that. 26.6. Well, he's, he's upped it up. <laughs> he's averaging less assists this year. He's averaging less rebounds this year. His percentages are up, both, percent- both of them. His percentages are up, but I mean... It's, 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 it's so he's more though. efficient on a better team. He's added stuff to his game. He's basically LeBron, by the way, at finishing at the rim. He's money at finishing at the rim. It's wild when yeah. you look at it. He drives a ton. And he finishes 75% of his shots within three feet. That's crazy. Who would you rather have on your team, DeRozan or Booker? Booker. I've had DeRozan on my favorite team. It didn't go well. <laughs> Give me Devin least, Booker. Yeah, because it was in the playoffs oh, and he lost to LeBron. No, I love this. I love this. I go I go Devin Booker. I, I, it's, it's tough. I mean, in case for a lot of these guys, Westbrook is there too. And Hell, I'll, I'll play the real homer card and get a Canadian. Shea Gilders-Alexander even gave a look at. <laughs> yeah, but no, I go Book. You guys mm-hmm. and, and you guys, why Book? Trey or Tass? Well, he's played a whole season. That's the main reason that Devin Booker is making my all-star team. It came down to Paul George and Carl Anthony Towns, and both of those guys have played about half as many minutes as Devin Booker and Towns. Uh, after last night, I was like, "Come, Towns, you're getting out of my basketball reference player comparison finder. X and out of that guy. Sorry. <laughs> you're shooting the ball great. You're scoring a whole bunch of points. There's last- a whole other side. I mean, I love guys that play all offense, no defense, but that's a little ridiculous. Last night was a, a very uh, impactful night on Trey's All-Star. Yeah, it really was. Perfect time. Timing, man. Yeah. This, this, this is why we wait right till the very That's last right, second, yeah. basically. Every game counts to us. I think he's grown a lot as a player, actually. He's taking better shots, and that's why his percentage is shooting above 50% for a guard like that who takes a ton of outside shots um, is really, really important, and it's impressive to me. And, uh, you know, I kind of went the way of the player vote where they say, hey, who's going to get you a bucket? And D-Book will. No matter if he's single teamed or double teamed like he was in the offseason, he's going to yeah, get buckets yeah, no matter what. He's not going to want double teams in the All Star game, Booker. No. <laughs> he didn't want it in pickup. <laughs> nah, no, exactly. No. exactly. He was he was only voted behind Luca, James Harden, and Damian Lillard by the players. Oh, players, they respect him. They they understand what he's done even early in his career is no, it's not easy. Yeah, it's so a, I just to, use the to player. be a walking bucket. They know that. They I, get that. I just use the player list now. Yeah, that's what it's easy. It's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, it just comes out and you just use it. He he has approved defensively too. Yeah, he has. He has, yes. He's gotten older and he's got a little bit better on the end. And his team isn't a laughing stock of the conference anymore. They're just not. Wow. I know they're not amazing. <laughs> they're they're not, not the exact. worst. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the Spurs last year after forty six games, twenty six and twenty. After forty six games this year, twenty and twenty six. Mm. DeRozan's bringing them down. Who would you think? <laughs> who would you have more faith in making the playoffs out of those two teams? The Spurs. <laughs> yes. 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 I have more faith in them uh, losing in the first round uh, 4-0, yes. Yeah. The Suns just beat the Spurs. <laughs> it's, uh, it is, you're right, I, I forget which one of you said it, it's the Paul George and Carl Anthony Towns having, you know, obviously being the players they are and, ha- and putting up the numbers they are, if they had played more than basically half the season, then they, and it might be when it comes to coaches, but one or if not both of those guys are probably in there. They are, but it's... At some point, you got to go, you haven't played enough. And it's up to you, everybody listening, and all of us here and the coaches to decide, well, what is that number? Does that really matter to you? And maybe to some people, it doesn't matter at all. Maybe they're like, I don't care. He's still, you're trying to tell me Paul George isn't, one, when healthy, one of the best, yep. 24 best players in the league? No, you're wrong. But 
it's a know. it's a last thing for me. Yeah, it's a that and the wins are a last thing for me. Like if I if I'm trying to decide, I want the guy who's at least been there twice as often. So Westbrook and it is fascinating. I know like low leaving him off his team, just saying what Westbrook has done over the last you know 15 games yeah. or so. It's just a, all a little too late. And it doesn't help Westbrook's even case, too. Like, when he's really turning on here, they still this is when they've sort of struggled as well. And I think that's fair because he did he had such just a poor, poor, poor start mm-hmm. to the season. Though so did a guy like Jokic, and, and we had no problem putting him in here. I don't know. What will the coaches do? Yeah, PG and, and Westbrook. And then CP3, like those, those obviously those guys that are vets and have the respect of everybody in the league. We're going to find out soon enough. That's on Thursday night, the official ones. These aren't official. Um, but we have a lot of fun doing this. Let us know who you disagree with, who you agree with, uh, a guy we forgot to name. Is there any, hey, what about these, <laughs> this guy in the, in the West that you got to throw out there? I mean, I threw my SGA out there. Hey, what about John ja Morant? Yeah. Hey, what about John Morant? John Morant. Yeah, the jaw dropper. Yeah. I was going to throw him in there for that last pick. You know, what the hell? But then I thought, no. What about Aldridge? I mean, you're, you yeah. can make a case that Aldridge is the more important Spurs uh, player. I mean, him, him or DeRozan, yeah, it's like one or the other. And I just said, you know what? I think DeRozan. I mean, for what reason? You have to pick one of them. That's why. Yeah, wouldn't this be the first year in forever that they wouldn't have a, an All-Star? Since 1997 was the last wow. time they didn't have a representative, yeah. Wow. In, in 42 years, there's been three seasons they haven't had a rep, which is incredible. Like, That is that unbelievable. Is mind-boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right. you th- just think of it how, how hard that is. Like, the Warriors won't have one this year. Now, obviously, the injuries have played a factor. But you think of the Spurs over all those years, yeah. never had a, a moment when it was just like, all right, someone's injured and they, they can't play and the season sucks. But that, that's remarkable. Trivia. Name all the Spurs All-Stars <laughs> the last 42 seasons. No, okay. okay. George Gurr. Okay. David That's probably not super hard. Yeah, it's yeah. probably not yeah. super hard. Yeah. Tim Duncan yeah. a billion like, years Yeah, it's row. like one of five guys. <laughs> yeah. Basically, one of five or six guys. Uh, all right. Again, guys, tweet at us at NoDunksInc. Hashtag NoDunks. Email us, NoDunksAtTheAthletic.com. Make your cases for guys that maybe we left off that you think should be in there. Just holler at us. Always a blast. No one takes us all too seriously, in case you couldn't tell. But it's serious enough that, like, hey, I'm trying to decide between guys, and then you got to make your case. But uh, nobody's going to be upset with some other guy making it over the one guy that you wanted in there. I'll tell you that right now. But let's hear from you, and we'll talk to you soon. You could stay.